Today we are, gosh, it's hard to believe this, in the, uh, in the last Sunday of our New Places for New People sermon series, which means that next week, you know what next week is? Advent begins. We've been talking about what does it look like to live out our mission of walking with more people toward a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ? What what does Jesus teach us about that? What does it look like in our lives to not just have that mission, but to to live it out? We're going to look at another passage. If you want to turn to Mark chapter 6 today, we're going to look at uh, another passage where Jesus is showing his his followers or teaching his followers what that looks like. Uh, To do that, though, uh, we need to do a little, little background research with the, uh, with the congregation this morning, I've got a question for you. So this will help us get into the scripture today. So imagine for a moment that you are going away for a night or a couple of nights. So not a long trip. You're just headed out for, for one or two nights. And, uh, and this is the question. So how do you pack? All right. So I'm going to give you three choices to, to let us know how you pack just for like one night out. So choice A, you, like you just take maybe an oversized purse. Maybe you just grab kind of a knapsack. You, you throw a, a toothbrush in it. You, you're, it's just a night or two. You may or may not even shower. You're, you're good. You just, you just essentially take the clothes on your back and grab your keys and, and you go. So, all right. So there's choice A. I'll go through all three and then we'll see where you fall. Uh, choice B, you grab a duffel bag. You throw you know, change a clothes or two in it. You grab your toiletries, just a few things that'll fit, and uh, um, and uh, you're you're ready to go, and you're out the door, and you take it. All right, or C, one or two nights. You um, <laughs> well, you get the idea. You know, you you don't know what the weather's going to be tomorrow, so you got to pack. You know, clothes for warmer weather and colder weather, and you don't know what kind of mood you're going to be in and which shoes you're going to want to wear. And so, you know, three or four pairs later, you're sure you've got it covered. Um, and, uh, and for those of you who, uh, who pack this way for the weekend, uh, you know, you probably have somebody that'll help you carry your luggage, right? They'll, they'll take care of it for you. All right. So here we go. I, let's, uh, let's just get a little poll so we know where everybody is. How many of you, uh, one or two nights away, you're just going to pack that knapsack? A, A, you're just going to pack a knapsack and go. All right. Uh, how about B, you just a duffel bag and then you're, you're good to go. And uh, how about C, you are, yep. Okay. All right. I appreciate the honesty out there. I appreciate the honesty out there. So what in the world does this have to do with our scripture today? You'll, you'll see in a minute. Jesus has a little something to say about how we pack. Let's, uh, let's pray. Holy Spirit, move in our midst today and just open our heart and our minds and our soul to what you would have to say to to each one of us. Let each one of us hear the message that you have for us this day. And Lord, open our hearts to to be filled even more with your love. And Lord, where you need to today, remind us what it means to be your church, remind us of the invitation that you put in front of us. Call us again, call us anew to share this love that we know in Christ Jesus with our world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's possible you've heard a story similar to this. Joe is walking 
walking around down in the down in the in the city where he lived, and he was uh, he was passing by a, a corner, and he did a double take. He saw somebody that looked looked kind of familiar to him, and uh, he had walked on by, but he turned around because it, it sure sure looked familiar, and and he looked looked at this gentleman that was was standing there on the corner, and he's, he thought he looks just like I imagined Jesus to look. And so, so he turned around and he went back. And he couldn't believe he was asking this question. He's like, are you, are you Jesus? And he said, I am. And so the, the, the man said, like, like the real Jesus? And Jesus said, I, I am. And he said, like, what are you doing here? Like, I, it is... I'm so glad to see you. Things are such a mess. Like, I, I, our community, there, there's shootings in our community, and there are deaths in our community, and there's conflict in our community. Like, there's so much suffering in, in our community. And Jesus said, I, I know. He said, I'm just, I'm so glad that you're here because I, there's, there's pain and there's grief and, and there's so much anguish. Have you sensed it? And, and Jesus said, yes. I felt it too. And the man said, Jesus, what are you going to do about it? And Jesus said, I've helped you to see it. What are you going to do? I've equipped you. In Mark's gospel, he tells this story. And uh, we're just going to read it from Mark 6, 7 through 13. I'm going to read it in the, in the Common English Bible. Lots of different translations out there. If you pull your, your Bible out of the pew, you can follow along. It'll be close. Uh, what's in your pew is the, is the New International Version. Actually, even as I'm saying that, the Bibles aren't in the pew. But if you grabbed one as you came in... It's, uh, it's the New International Version. If you pull it up on your phone, lots of times the uh, app on the phone is the, is the New International Version. Um, we're going to read it in the Common English Version because um, I think, the, for me, the language here better captures the, the original Greek language. It says this, He, Jesus, called for the twelve and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a walking stick, no bread, no bags, and no money in their belts. He told them to wear sandals, but not to put on two shirts. He said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. If a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. They cast out many demons and they anointed many sick people with olive oil and healed them. I also find it helpful sometimes to look at different translations and, and hear how another, uh, uh, another translator 
we'll translate these same words. So I want to I want you to listen to the same passage in the in the message version. This is Eugene Peterson, and and many of you know the message, but Eugene Peterson takes the original language and he paraphrases um, to to make it flow a little bit more like a like a story. So he's not going word by word and translating each word. He's he's capturing the story and then paraphrasing. And this is this is the uh, the message translation. Jesus called the twelve to him and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. He sent them off with these instructions. Don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. No special appeals for funds. Keep it simple. And no luxury ends. Get a modest place and be content there until you leave. If you're not welcome, not listened to, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and be on your way. Then they, the disciples, were on the road. They preached with joyful urgency. Love that. Joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Right and left, they sent the demons packing. They brought wellness to the sick, anointing their bodies, healing their spirits. I want us for a moment... When you just invite you to imagine, like imagine you were one of these 12 disciples. You haven't been following Jesus all that long. You've seen what Jesus can do. You've, you've watched him heal. You've heard some of his, his teachings. But now, now Jesus says to you, okay, grab a friend. I'm not gonna, you don't have to do this by yourself. Grab a friend. Uh, and I want you to go out and do what I've been doing. How would you feel in that moment? Oh, now, now wait, not only that, but, you know, you're used to packing lightly. I mean, nobody has a lot of luggage around, but, but if you were going to go to a, another community for, for a couple days and visit a family member, you're going to need money because you're going to want to buy some food or, or maybe spend the night because you're walking to wherever you go. You're, you're going to throw on an, an extra shirt. They would carry two, it was, it was customary to travel with two tunics so that if one got wet or dirty, you could just flat swap them out and put the, put the other tunic on. But Jesus says to you, you know what? You're not going to need any of that. Just go. Now, now how do you feel? Are you ready? Are you excited? Are you thinking, Jesus, only one pair of sandals? <laughs> Jesus, what do you mean go out with no money? Like, how am I going to get food if, if you're sending me out into the world with, with no, no money? Which, which makes you wonder, like, why, why would Jesus have sent them out with nothing? A great way to study the Bible is when you read a story and you have a question, like, we're taught to, to like, we're taught to often tamp down the questions and just take what, what it's saying. But a great way to study the Bible is when you have a question when something doesn't make sense, dig into that because there's a great chance that the author of that story, of the, the one who's conveying that story is trying to, trying to get you to search deeper in this moment. And so in this case, it's like, why, why would Jesus have sent them out and told them to take nothing with them? There's a blog called Dancing with the Word. I use it every once in a while. 
but A, it just has a great title, right? Dancing with the Word, isn't it a great way of thinking about how we, how we interact with Scripture? Reverend Dr. Janet Hunt writes this blog, and, um, and she takes on this passage, and, and she says, like, why, why, would Jesus, why would Jesus send them out without, without anything but themselves? And she asks these three really great questions. Question one, as I turn my attention to guard my belongings, if I travel with a bunch of stuff and I, I turn my attention to guard my belongings, how am I less able to reach out with a gesture of kindness for someone else? If I'm so worried about the baggage that I'm bringing along, how might that hold me back from just being present in the moment with the person in front of me? The second question is, I rely on my own careful planning for every eventuality. How am I less open to what God may have waiting for me? There was a time in my life, not all that long ago, when I wanted every detail planned out to the moment. And now, some of our Clay staff will tell you, I can drive them nuts because I'm like, ah, the Spirit will take care of that. Now, I'm not saying not to plan in life, but if we want to try and control every moment, are there not moments when we can just sort of squeeze out the possibility of the Holy Spirit surprising us in our lives? Another way to think about this, I was told in seminary that, that ministry isn't in the planned gatherings, ministry is in the interruptions. Right, if we're going through life so planned, so fast, that the Holy Spirit is no longer able to nudge us, what will we miss in front of us? What will we miss in the conversations we pass by because we say, I don't have time for that, for that person in front of me in this moment? Dr. Hunt's third question, if I already have everything I need, how am I less able to receive the gifts of those that I meet along the way. If I already have everything I need, might I just be less able to receive the gifts along the way? It's interesting, in, in mission work, it's so easy for us to be like, well, we've got the answers and the resources and we're gonna, we're gonna give them to you because you don't have the answers and you don't have the resources. But when we look at mission work that way, we actually, we actually cheat God out of blessing us in the interactions that we have in mission. Sometimes the greatest blessings in, in the mission field in, in sharing God's love aren't when we share something, but when we receive something and allow someone else to bless us, allow them to take part in sharing the love. Are we ready to be sent out? Are we brave enough to, to go out and, and not worry about all the details and not feel like we have to have all the answers, but to go out into, into new places and, and reach new people? This is, this is the mission from the very, very early on in the Gospels, very early on in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus sends his followers out. This isn't just about forming a club around Jesus and, and sticking to each other. This is about 
forming a, a community with Jesus to learn and grow so that, so that God's love can be spread through us? Are we ready to go out? This, uh, this series, I know I, I, I titled it, so as I was praying through this series, I titled it New Places for New People. And a couple of people have asked me this month, it's a great question, like, do you mean Clay Church needs to create new new locations? Like, is, is it literally places for ministry? Uh, and I've said, I, I mean, if, if God moves in that way, uh, I, I think we follow where God leads, but, but new places isn't about physical places. It's about spiritual places. How are we out there in the world creating spiritual places in our interactions where new people can come to know the love of Jesus? And I think sometimes that feels so, so daunting to us. And we've shared a couple of thoughts through this, through this series, but, but today as we look at this passage, as Jesus sends the disciples out, we think about how, how worried they are, how, how afraid they must have been, how, how many questions they must have had as they started out. Right? And then if we look at this, notice, notice what we see in this story. As they're sent out, as we're thinking about what it means for us to go out, notice, notice what happens in this story. Number one, number one, each of us has a role to play. It wasn't like Jesus said, okay, you eight are really good at talking to people. You four, mm, not so much. So you eight go out there and share. No, Jesus says to, says to all 12 of them, and later he'll say to all 72 that are around him, he's like, everybody has a role to play. You are the equipment. You don't have to take anything with you. I have, I have gifted you with everything that you need. You have life experience. You have your stories. You have your connection to me. Just go out and, and invite others to know me like you know me. Second, Jesus doesn't send them out by themselves. I think lots of times we think, oh, I, I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to talk to strangers about Jesus. I don't know how to, I don't even know how to, how to, how to take the first step in creating new places for new people. But, but Jesus doesn't send the disciples out by himself. He says, you know what? Go out in pairs. Take somebody with you. Who is your, who is your partner in this? Partner to, to hold you accountable to, to getting out there and sharing the good news or partner who can who can imagine with you where, where there are new places where you could be sharing the love of Jesus. And then, when we look at the story, they didn't take anything with them. And they come back, and the story tells us they had to have been nervous, but imagine what it was like to come back together. God does amazing things when we're just willing to step out of our comfort zones and take this love of Jesus to others that, that we may not know or that may not have their own connection to the church. Right? In, in other tellings of this story, Jesus, his instructions are actually really simple. It's like, just let people know the kingdom is coming. Just show people the joy and love that I am carrying into the world and invite them to be a part of it. 
Sometimes we make it really complicated, but, but Jesus makes it really simple. Just go out there and, and tell them their, their, their life can be transformed, just like your life has been transformed by this love of Jesus. And then we read at the end of this little passage, they came back and they're like, Jesus, did, did you see what happened? This person just came to me and wanted to be baptized. They wanted to, to be surrounded in your love and know the Holy Spirit was on them. Jesus, did you see what happened? This, this person, they had, they'd had demons for years because they thought that nobody loved them and they, they'd gotten addicted to other things. And, and those demons, as soon as they heard this message that they were loved and that I loved them, these demons left them. All right, this is Brian's translation of the celebration that happened when they came back. But we can imagine, right, that it doesn't give us all the details, but it says that demons were cast out and hearts were changed. Lives were uplifted. Let's put ourselves back in their shoes and go, like, like all this nervousness that we have about whether we can talk about Jesus in the world today and, and all this nervousness we have about reaching out to new people and getting out of our, our comfort zones. And we see in this story, disciples, they, they had to have had the same question. You know what they did? They said, okay, Jesus, I'll, I'll give this a try. We'll go out. I, I know I'm not alone. I'm going to go with a friend, and we are going to go and, and proclaim what you can do in the world. And then they got to come back and go, whoa, lives have been changed. So as we, as we close this sermon series, and I don't even like the word close this sermon series because the idea of, of closing a sermon series about mission feels like, no, that, that's not right. Maybe the, 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 the better way to say this is this sermon series launches us in to Advent, this incredible time to go out and and share the good news of God's love and invite people to serve with us and, and invite people to come and, and hear the music and, and invite people just to experience the love that, that we've come to know in and through the, the Advent season and the Christmas season in the church. Maybe the best way to think about this is not closing this series, but, but launching out of this series and into a new chapter as a, as a church together that's going to say, do you know what? God has given us this gift that can transform the world. And we get to be a part of it. And yeah, we're a little nervous. But we don't need anything. Because God has equipped each and every one of us. The gifts are already there, God says. All I need you to do is say yes. So I, I want to invite us to to think about this as a community. Our Faith Fit Challenge, we have every week this Faith Fit Challenge, and Faith Fit Challenge this week, it's kind of a big one. But I, I just want to invite us as a, as a community, as a congregation to go, do you know what? We, those of us gathered here, those of us gathered online, those of us who will, who will hear this message later, we have an invitation to transform the world with the love of Jesus. Are we ready to say yes? So the Faith Fit Challenge is in your circles, in your families, or grab another person and just ask this question, how? How can we create new places, new spiritual places 
for new people to experience the transforming love of Jesus. And I don't have any idea what that will, that will look like, but let's start the conversation and let's, let all of us, let's, let's take a step. Maybe you're going to talk to your circle and be like, you know what, what could we do to, to create new spiritual places? And, and who knows where that might lead? It might lead you into, the, into tutoring in the schools or it, it, might lead you into, um, it might lead you into assisted living facilities where you can create new places for, for people to experience joy and love. It, it might lead you into, into homeless ministries or, or other ministries. With your family, you can have this conversation, and it might lead you to invite your kids, your, uh, your uh, kids' friends' parents over uh, just to enjoy meals with your family where, where there might be an opening to talk about your faith and, and offer an invitation. God works in, in amazing ways. God will work through where we are and, and who we are. Your mission field is, is where you are. It's where you work. It's where you go to school. It's where you serve. And God has equipped you for that mission. And here's the thing. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Mike Padua, because he's sitting right in the middle here. Uh, I'm going to ask Mike Padua to clap right now. Just clap and keep clapping. Good clap. Yep, yep. All right. This is the, this is the impact of the kingdom when, when the pastor is expected to be the one out there pronouncing the word and, and walking with more people. I think we've... We've kind of slipped as a church into this sense that the, the pastors are the ones to be doing this, and, and this is, uh, this is the, the sound of the impact that the, that the church makes. Now, I'm going uh, invite, to uh, invite this row right here, the, the four of you, clap with them if you would. You can clap a little harder than that. This is the sound that the, the church makes when the leadership gets involved. You know, there, there, there are more people out there sharing and, and spreading the love of Jesus. But notice what happens when all of us do that and, and begin to share. Let me invite this section to begin clapping. All of you begin clapping. Right? The church begins to see that this isn't the pastor's role to walk with, with new people. It's, it's the, the role of everybody. And people start to get involved. And, and the energy builds, right? Because People feel that love in the community, and when we go out and bless, we also are blessed. Let me invite this group to start clapping, right? And it spreads because we feel this sense of, of God is in this, and, and people's lives are being changed, and there are people being fed, and there are homeless people. Let me invite this group to begin clapping, and now this group to begin clapping. And choir, please join right in, right? You feel the lift in the room. This is what happens when we just go out and we proclaim that we know the love of Jesus. This is what happens when, when we just go out and we watch for invitations. The Spirit will nudge you. The Spirit will find a moment in your life to, to invite somebody else to know this love. The Spirit's going to give you an opportunity to tell your story and just say, you know what? I have overcome this in my life because of the love of Jesus in my life. And if we all do that together, imagine what this feels like out in South Bend, out in the Michiana community, when we were all out and sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Christ died on a cross for our sins. He gave his life for us. And he just invites us to say yes and share that love in our community. We've been asking for a few weeks now what it what it means to be all in for Jesus. 
And I think about that in, in the life of our church. And I'm so thankful the way this, this church responds in, in generosity and in time. And as I shared earlier, I think about just lives being changed. People literally have clean water today because of this church. People literally will have food on their table for Thanksgiving because of this church. Kids are spreading the love of Jesus because they've come to know through this church that Jesus is their forever friend and they've invited their friends because they want them to know that excitement they feel with that kind of love in their lives too. Young people are standing up at Firehouse on, on Sunday mornings and, and sharing messages and leading in the music because they, they get that this love is a transforming presence in their lives and they want to they share it with others. And we just keep walking with more and more people with this love. So I've, we've asked everybody to think about what does it mean to, to you to be all in and that, that's between you and God, but... I just want to invite us today as we sing this final hymn, as we sing these words, go and make disciples, this invitation Jesus gives us to participate in this energy and love spreading in the world. I want to invite you to bring your commitment cards forward as, uh, as we sing. If it's hard for you to come forward, I want to invite you, just hand it to somebody close to you and invite them to, to bring it up, knowing that we are a church together. And as you do, just, just invite us all to give thanks to God for this opportunity to be, to be all in and part of God's love spreading in our world. Let us sing together. Let us go all in together. Let us watch what God can do.